It is Victory Monday. You might never catch me in a better mood than I am in right now. Both my fantasy teams squeaked into the playoffs in miraculous fashion. The Panthers got their biggest win in the last like three seasons. NFL still going on. It's a great day. We're here to talk about some football. We're recapping the week 14 games. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, if you missed anything in the games yesterday, Austin and I will recap them. Should be a fun time. This is KNA Football. All right, Austin, I know we said this exact same thing last week, but it is hard to believe that it is week 14 or going into week 15 now. Yeah, I mean, we have one game left tonight of week 14, which means that there are, you know, four games left, excluding any bye weeks. There are four games left for almost every team, which is, you know, obviously a pretty big deal. We're getting in, like I said last week, now we're really into that point of the season where every win matters, every loss in conference, in division really starts to matter and you see that analytic up there in every NFL game where they show here's the AFC playoff mm-hmm. picture here's the NFC playoff picture they show it all the time and you'd see it's depressing when you see your team in the in the hunt section towards the bottom we're not is, even in the hunt section we're not even in the hunt yeah. section that's that's when you know <laughs> that's, that's when you know man just tank the last four games man start your rookie quarterback it's yeah where it's at at this point or even worse when you're in the playoff hunt and so you're like think that maybe you have a chance but then you realize that your team is five and eight and there's no possible way you're making it in that's me right now I mean, um, math- yeah mathematically there's only three teams eliminated but you know that there's those teams that are like they're not making it like you know the rams aren't technically eliminated but but they're, they're not getting in yeah the raiders technically i mean all these teams that are really bad Give it a week or two, and they'll be out. So I don't it's think like even the Broncos. No, are they mathematically are. The eliminated. three teams eliminated are the Broncos, Texans, and the Bears. Oh, sorry, Justin Fields. It's okay. It's not your fault. Next season is your year. It's true. So true. But let's get into the recap. The K and A Week Recap. All right. So there was before we get into it, I would. I would just say this weekend was some of the like sloppiest football, I guess you could say, I've seen in a long time. There were so many drops in games and just like things that like I just haven't seen before. Like obviously I was paying attention a lot because of fantasy football. It's the last week I needed a lot to happen for one of my leagues to get in, which Miraculously happened. I don't know. I, I actually have no idea how it happened, but yeah. Well, I can tell you how it happened. Here, here, let me tell you all a little story. So, we were talking about this on Saturday. How Caden and I are were well, technically still are because the week's not over yet. Yeah, we are playing each other this week, and it was whichever one of us won. Um, all we needed was for the guy above us to lose. And we would squeak in. Right, because I was the nine seed and Austin's the eight seed. And the top seven make the playoffs in this league. Right. So it's kind of a really big deal for the both of us. And we were like, okay, this has to happen. Now, I was definitely on the outside looking in. And Caden was on the outside. But he was like on the doorstep knocking. And I was like in the bushes, like kind of creepily looking around. (laughs) That's what was happening. Because 
I didn't have a quarterback or a tight end that was able to play. And so I started Cooper Rush. We already talked about this. Mm -hmm. And as we'll get into later, Cooper Rush didn't see the field except from the bench. Um, And Caden... I had my entire team on bye because the NFL decides to, you know, the whole last week of the fantasy football playoffs for everybody, they put the most teams in the league on a bye. This is a great idea by the NFL. Caden very geniusly uh, hit up the six seed. No, the six seed hit me no, up. The six seed hit up Caden. Yeah. Because the six seed also didn't have a quarterback, and the Ravens were, you know, hurting at the quarterback position, so Tyler Huntley was playing. And Caden has been, um, I don't know, prospecting all of the quarterbacks. Like, any time that any quarterback goes down, Caden, like, immediately jumps on the backup, so then you have to trade with uh, his <laughs> greedy behind if you want to get any sort of quarterback for the rest of the season. Um, so the six seed hits up Caden. He's like, hey, I'd, I'd like to win this game. Can we maybe make a trade here. So Caden's like, sure, we'll put him on loan for you. I'll send Tyler Huntley to you, but then you have to give me Latavius Murray. Just for a week. Just for a week, and then they'll trade him back. Issue is, is that I'm playing Caden, and Latavius Murray would obviously throw a big rock in that, okay? Mm-hmm. He's texting this guy during church, Matt, I add. Hey, so, chill out. So <laughs> I, I hit this guy. Keep in mind, hey, Austin, no, no, no. Austin's Listen. over here on Snapchat. Listen, the entire church no, service. stop. I, I also... <laughs> <laughs> so don't even with me on that know, one. But in church too, I texted the six seed, oh, yeah, yeah. and I was like, <laughs> hey, please don't make this trade with Caden. My playoff hopes depend on it. To which Caden then did not care and proceeded to make the trade and because he's the commissioner of the league then put the trade through the minute no, that it went through. I do that with every no, trade, just specifically though. yours, though. I <laughs> remember a trade so of mine crap. processed for like four weeks. There's a whole thing. Uh, Caden, commissioner, quickly hits it. Okay? Now, that's all a long background to say that the sixth seed then, because obviously now he doesn't have Latavius Murray, and Tyler Huntley then went into concussion protocol, which we'll, then, we'll also talk yeah. about later, Neither of those guys were playing for him. And Caden, with Latavius Murray, then proceeded to smoke me. The sixth seed lost, or is going to lose, at the end of this week. And so Caden's going to squeak into the playoffs based on a miraculous managing of his team, as well as a lot of miracles happening otherwise I was, in the league. I was, I was odd, utterly shocked and speechless this morning. I, I, I knew I was out, and I was sitting there eating breakfast, and my brother's like, Caden, you know you made it in Dynasty. And I was like, no, I didn't. And he goes, yeah. And I was like, I needed the seventh seed to lose, but he won. And he goes, no, no, no. But AJ, who's the sixth seed, he lost really bad. And I know I needed to, to win, and AJ needed to lose, and I could have outscored him by like 20 or 30, and I could have gotten in, which is obviously not ever going to happen. And I was like, did it? And so I went and looked. He scored like 100 points. And I was like, oh, my. I scored 150. I outscored him by 50 points. So I'm going to be in. And I was – so with the Panthers winning – both my fantasy teams in the playoffs, it's a great day. Well, I'm really happy for you, Caden. I'm really happy that now, with you as the seventh seed, you're going to go ahead, and I'm going to take the loss, and I'm going to let you go ahead, sweep the board, and you're going to go win that dynasty championship yeah, year I, one. I appreciate it. I have confidence in you. Yeah. But now let's get into the game that we're supposed to be talking about instead of Caden's uh, fantasy game. Oh, Debbie, we didn't oh, even, we didn't talk, we didn't about even talk about that. <laughs> we, were, we, we were recapping the fantasy games, <laughs> not this one. That's our bad. My statistics say that... Oh, uh, right. I, for, I have notes today. This is a big day. Wow. This is a really big day. Debbie, Debbie was... Oh, yeah. You can't read them because they're really sloppy, but I did make notes. Ooh. Debbie is very excited about that. Yeah, we were all really happy in the KNA chat. Okay, so Lions-Vikings. If you guys remember... On Saturday, when we made the picks, 
we were like, okay, all of the betting odds show Lions favored. And we were like, okay, Vegas probably knows something that we don't, but it we looks... Do, we don't care. It looks a lot to us like the Vikings are going to win this because we think the Vikings are the better team. All the Vikings need is a win or a tie, and they clinch the NFC North. And then they proceed to lose to the Lions. Yeah. Justin, here come the stats. You guys are welcome. My notes, love them. Justin Jefferson, I mean, Vikings only scored 23 points, but don't get me wrong, they did great on offense. Justin Jefferson broke the, one, I think it was the, a Viking record. It was, yeah. 223 receiving yards. On 11 catches. That's incredible. And Kirk Cousins had 425 yards, 99.9% of the time. If your quarterback gets that many yards and your receiver gets that, you are easily winning a game. But their defense couldn't stop anybody. I mean, Jerry Goff had 330 yards, which is an incredible, but they were just moving up and down the field. Their running game was good. Their passing game was good. The Lions are scary now. I mean, they started the season, what, 1-6, and 1-7? and seven? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, in their last four or five games, they're, I think, 5-1 and one or 6-1 and one, and beating a couple good teams. And their only loss was a very close game to the Bills. Yeah, which is... Like, how did this happen? This is the Lions team that we thought we were getting at the beginning mm-hmm. of the year. And now, in the last part of the season, they're like, let's turn it on. You asked me last week if mm-hmm. I thought the Lions yeah. stood a chance to make to say, it I in. I was about to ask the exact same thing. If they can win out, and they have an easy schedule the next four weeks. They have four very winnable games these next four weeks. If they can win out, I do think they stand a legitimate chance I do as of well. taking a wild card spot. Because the three wild card teams right now, as they stand, are three of the NFC East teams, and obviously the uh, as obviously the AFC or N- not AFC NFC East teams, and obviously the NFC East is going to have to play each other a lot in these upcoming weeks. So they'll be getting losses. They're not obviously one of the teams has to lose. They're not going to tie every single game. So the NFC East teams are going to lose games. Yeah, propelling them eventually up to maybe a wild card. <laughs> and some struggles. A little bit of struggles. That's all right. Fixed. So yeah, um, what I like from the Lions, though, is that um, Campbell, what's his first name? Dan. Dan Campbell. Campbell. <laughs> Man, that's the easiest name to remember ever. Dan Campbell. Gutsy. Yeah. Gutsy play call. They were The Lions were very aggressive coming into this game. They like went for it on fourth downs that they didn't need to, but they did anyways. Yeah. They faked a punt. From their own, like, 26-yard line. Yeah, which is... So gutsy. And even when they were up, they were still playing really tough, aggressive yeah. football. To me, that says that the Lions knew that they were outmatched in this game. And they knew that they had to come in swinging. And they did. They came in swinging, and they left swinging too. And Vikings, I was talking to our guest from last Saturday, Harold, today. And he, had, he was saying that he thinks the Vikings have peaked. And like, this is it for them. And now they're on this... Maybe you know, decline down. I don't think that's necessarily the case, but this has been the story of the Vikings all year where yeah. they are in these close games. They've just been on the winning side of those games and they finally got the loss on this one. Yeah, I mean, I know it's the betting, but we don't really, we don't endorse betting. We say it every week, but um, <laughs> the Lions obviously were favored, by, I think, by two and a half. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, give me the Vikings easy. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, the Lions covered that spread. They won by 11. I mean, yeah. Lions are on a roll right now. They are. It's exciting to see. Yeah, it is. All right, man. So this game was riddled with injuries. Yeah, it was. That's for sure. 
This is Ravens Steelers. This is obviously a big game for both of these teams. The Ravens know that in Ohio, the Bengals are playing the Browns and the Bengals are going to be fighting for their life to either keep up with the Ravens if they manage to win, to stay tied for the AFC North, or if the Ravens managed to lose, which was a very real possibility, that the Bengals would be looking to take the one spot in that division. They knew that they didn't have Lamar Jackson. J.K. Dobbins wasn't supposed to play. Who are they going to mm-hmm. throw to? What's their game plan going to look like? And they managed to squeak it out despite a lot of adversity coming into this game. Yeah. I mean, J.K. Dobbins did end up playing for them and had a very good game. Yeah. I didn't write his exact stats down, but he played very well. He had he 120 yards rushing. And he scored is, a touchdown. Yeah, which is yeah. very good. Which I personally am not the the highest on J.K. Dobbins, but I mean, I love to see when he does good. He's a Buckeye. But yeah, and then Tyler Huntley injured in this game, left the game, didn't return. And then early, like very early in the game, I think first drive of the game, Kenny Pickett also left with an injury. So it was a, really a battle between backups. It was Mason Rude. No, no, Mr. No, Bisky. No. Mr. Bisky, yeah, Mr. Bisky, and I don't even know who came in for the Ravens. Um, nope. Yeah, it was like they no, they announced no. this guy. It was it was like John Johnson or something. It was what? like, dude, what? Yeah, what a name, John Johnson. But like, I was like, man, like, if they if another one gets hurt, what are they gonna do? But they did squeak it out. They had a big enough lead when Huntley did get hurt to sustain it. I don't know if they scored any more once he did get hurt. Yeah, I don't but, think so, but. I mean, the game plan was very obvious coming into it for the Ravens, and that was run the ball. And then they stuck with that even after Huntley got hurt. I mean, Huntley only attempted 12 passes. Mm-hmm. He went 8 for 12, which is like respectable, but you only attempted 12 passes, and you rushed for 88 yards. Yeah, you don't have to throw when you're running how uh, successfully as they did. And then exactly. Huntley, Huntley can also, he can run on his own. He's a very good running quarterback. So Yeah. What ended up killing this game, though, and obviously if Kenny Pickett didn't get hurt, I think the Steelers win this game soundly i mean you have mitch trubisky who you benched for kenny pickett um what killed them is that mitch trubisky threw three interceptions in this game take away one of those interceptions and put points on the board well, a lot of them were drive. in in like at least field goal range as well yeah. so yeah so anthony ta- anthony brown was their like backup backup qb oh it was anthony brown anthony oh. brown john johnson was not correct at all no john johnson was very far <laughs> from what i don't it know was. how i got that name Anthony Brown is still a very generic name, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, good on the Ravens for winning, I guess. I mean, whatever, but is what it is. Yeah, I mean, they stay in the lead of the NFC North or AFC. Well, tied. Right, but they have the tiebreaker at the moment. Right. They're going to play the Bengals later this season. That's going to be a very interesting game. Speaking of the devil, uh, Bengals Browns, um. Listen, Caden, this game hurt me. It hurt me on a lot of levels. But in the end, I think this is, this is what's best. This is, sometimes it's best to just lie down and die. Um, the Bengals came in and they wanted it more. That's just how it was. The Bengals' defense came out firing against a Deshaun Watson that he looked better, substantially better than he did last week. But, I mean, still obviously pretty rusty. 707 days not playing. And he only played one game since mm-hmm. then. So, I mean, he's going to look rusty. The Bengals, their offense, we actually did hold them pretty well. 23 in the first, points is very good. In the first half, especially, we really held them. Um, 
in the end, though, what killed us was penalties. I mean, there were back-to-back drives, like Browns drive, Bengals drive, where there wasn't a single play without a penalty. Like, look, if I can remember what the referee looked like, you were too involved in that game. Yeah. Like, there were about a ticky-tacky penalties. I honestly think that the referees are upset with the Browns for signing Deshaun Watson. Because <laughs> this happened last week, too, where there were a bunch of ticky-tacky penalties, and we're like, these penalties don't get called in any other NFL game. Like, according to the rules, should that be a penalty? Yeah, but no one calls these. Yeah. Which is like, whatever. But we had over 100 yards in penalties. Wow. It's substantial. Yeah, I mean, the Browns only scored 10 points, but Deshaun Watson, he played all right. I mean, a lot better than when he played last week. He had 276 passing yards. Granted, a lot of them came in crunt or garbage time. So it's like, how right. much of those really? Came? I mean, that was soft zone the Bengals were right. playing. So and it's how like, many came like in game speed, like when it was still a game, you know? But yeah, it's at least getting his feet wet, still getting more like accustomed to the game. But I think what's really hurting the Browns since Watson's been back, they're not giving Chubb or any of their running backs the ball. Chubb had 34 rushing yards. Yeah, that is obviously a big issue. He's your best player. He's one of the best running backs in the NFL. You want to typically give your best players the ball, and he's not getting enough carries. Yeah. He's getting 34 yards. Yeah, the Browns, like I was saying, this is probably the best thing that could happen to the Browns is eliminate our playoff ups. Obviously, I'm not going to root for that. I'm still rooting for us to win out. Is it going to happen? Probably not. And even if it does, like we need a lot of people to lose in order to actually make it to the postseason. But this is kind of a situation where it's like, if you know that you're already mathematically eliminated and you were starting, you know, an older guy that you know isn't Mm -hmm. going to be your guy and you have a rookie quarterback, this is kind of what that is for the Browns, where we have a guy that's new, fresh to the team, and we want to kind of get his feet wet, get him used to the offense, get the players used to him. So we have four games of keeping him at game speed where we can test him out, show him what's up, try to get a game plan rolling so the next season we can jump in and hopefully be a lot better. What needs to happen is, like you said, we need to figure out how to get the run game involved with a running quarterback. And also, we need to train our wide receivers to become accustomed to a running quarterback because all season they've been accustomed to Jacoby Brissett, who's a pocket passer. And so you run your route if you don't get the ball. Okay. With a running quarterback, what you have to do Mm -hmm. is when your quarterback runs out, Guess what? You have to start sprinting one direction. Yeah. You got to find the open space. You just got to start running and maybe he'll hit you. And that's what you have to do. And Or you got to go down and you got to block a guy once he gets past the line of scrimmage. Right. I mean, and if you watch this game, you'll see that Browns wide receivers didn't do that. They'd run their route and then that was it for them. And they w- once Sean Watson would scramble, they didn't block. They didn't run to try to get open for him to throw it to them. None of that. So we need to figure things out. Uh, Bengals stay tied for the AFC North title currently with four weeks left obviously like you said the ravens have the tiebreaker on that so we'll see what happens but it should be interesting up in the afc north for sure i know a lot like 100 percent of browns fans that you'll talk to like the Bengals more than the ravens so maybe the browns can just play spoiler for the ravens and ruin the ravens playoff hopes they play the ravens this upcoming. i mean they're maybe the browns think their season's over but maybe they can ruin one of their rivals' chances. I'm I would sure they would mad. not be mad at that. Exactly. I would not be mad to yeah. ruin the Ravens' chances. Exactly. No offense, Lamar Jackson. I do kind of like you, but I hate <laughs> your team. Yeah. So this one was interesting. It was very interesting. There was another kind of like the Steelers game. 
there was a lot of big hits. Mike White was demolished in this game. One time, the very first, the first time he got sacked, he got drilled, and I was like, oh, he's out. Like he's done. And he came off the sideline. He missed like two plays, and then they brought in Joe Flacco, mm-hmm. and then two plays later, Mike White came back in, and then I think the next drive, I was watching this, and he go, he throws deep, and right as he threw, he got lumped. Like that's not even yeah. Oh yeah, sorry. The game is Bills versus or yeah, Bills versus Jets. I don't even know if clomped is a word, but he got clomped. But he got it. Like, this word or not, he got that. The second he threw and I saw the hit, like, the camera, you know, pans with the ball. So you can't see what's going on. And I was like, oh, Mike White is dead. Like, he actually might be passed away on the field right now. And it comes back to him. He's just laying there, not moving on the ground. And I was like, yeah, he's done for the day. And obviously he was. It was a brutal hit. Yeah, well, when he got hit that first time, it's very apparent that he hurt his ribs. Mm Mm-hmm. Every time he got hit, I mean, he was unable to protect himself after that. So every time he got hit, and he, even if it was a soft hit, you could see him wince or even scream out in pain mm-hmm. from getting hit, which is like... That's obviously, that's already hurting like crazy, and that's not what you want. Yeah, which, but like <laughs> pain at is the not same good. time, like, if I'm a Jets player, I kind of do like to see that. Oh, for sure. It's just like, dude, this guy wants it just as bad as any of the rest of us. And he's not like, oh, I'm the quarterback. I, you know, I got to keep my career protected. I'm a pretty little quarterback. No, dude, he was out here and he's like, I don't care if my ribs hurt. I'm going to play this football game and we're going to win. Yeah, he played until he physically could not stand up. And he left in an ambulance. Mm-hmm. Like they, He left in an ambulance and went to the hospital because they were like, well, dude, you're killed. You're dead. It reminds me so much of TCU's quarterback. In the, um, what is it, Big 12? Yeah, Big 12 yeah. championship game. He was getting hit like crazy. He had been he had been getting hurt. He had been taking so many hits in their last drive. He, he ran himself all the way down the field. He finally scores a touchdown that drive, and he just laid on the ground and couldn't get up, but he just willed his team in, willed them back and tied the game. Like it's That's what you want from your quarterback. You want a leader who's not just going to quit on your team. He's going to play through injuries. Yeah. It's really... Good to see for Mike White and yeah. the Jets. I have two questions for you here. Okay, two, I think, very interesting questions. First one being, do you think that Mike White is here to stay for the Jets next season? At least next season. I think I think definitely for next season. The Jets obviously have a good record, so they're not going to be up high in the draft or anything. And Mike White has done good enough to, like, they can roll with him at least until something fails and then go figure that out from there. But I definitely think Zach Wilson is out of the equation for them going into next season mm-hmm. or anything. Cause Zach, Zach white, Mike white has looked really good. I mean, maybe they go and try to get like a Jimmy Garoppolo or like someone like that in free agency. But if I'm a jets fan, I would not be against Mike white. I think he's great. He clearly shows heart mm-hmm. in. I is not a jets fan like Mike white. Huh? I yeah, am not a yeah. I like, I I mean, like he's him. a nobody, and he's young. He's young as well. I mean, it's not like he's just old guy who's going to retire in two years. He has potential. He could be that future. I mean, yeah. he's he's as young as like I think Baker Mayfield is. Yeah. Other question is, where is Zach Wilson? That's exactly what I was thinking when uh, Mike White got hurt the first time. I was like, oh, Zach Wilson's going to come back in. You know, it's going to be interesting. And they brought out Zach or Joe Flacco, and I was like, yeah, whoa. Where's Zach Wilson at? That must be. They have him listed as inactive. For what? I was unaware. Wow. I was unaware that he was injured. Well, no, I he's don't. He's not think, injured. Yeah, he's not injured. It was probably a healthy scratch. Because they they just 
they must just be that low on Zach Wilson. Yeah. Kind of like the rest of the league. He's not. I mean, flashback like 10 weeks ago, and we were like, dude, Zach Wilson might be it. Zach Wilson was winning games. Zach Wilson was looking like Mike White. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, he was. He was. And then he just, like, direct drop-off, just throwing interceptions, not taking care of the ball, just looked awful. And now he's listed as inactive, which is really weird. Where did he go? He doesn't exist anymore. He came up with a new persona, and it's Mike White. Zach Wilson's dead. Mike White's alive. When I know the Jets love the Jets players love Mike White as well. I mean, they were oh, wearing yeah. they were wearing these Mike White shirts. Like, I mean, when you're, if you're Zach Wilson, you gotta be. Yeah, you hate to see you're, that. You're completely lost. The team has lost you. But now that we are done talking about the team that lost, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, good job, Bills. You won. Yay. You Josh Allen tends to struggle, I think, against the Jets. He didn't play great yesterday. Well, he didn't turn the ball over, which is has been a kind of a struggle for Josh Allen. Shockingly, he leads the league with like fourteen. Uh, turnover worthy plays like on the year which is like that's a lot for quarterback but whatever they I mean, won and yeah, that's what he matters. only had 147 yards yeah it's not very good for josh allen standards right i mean obviously you are playing a good defense yeah. in the jets and the weather conditions were bad so whatever you got the win that's what matters you stay atop the afc as the number one yeah seed. that's what matters for sure oh okay. all right I'm going to check out my notes real quick. Oh, this because, is Texans Cowboys. Oh, right. I forgot to do that. I always forget this. So on my notes here, we got, we got all the stats for all the games, and then we got the Texans Cowboys, and I literally just wrote what? Because that's exactly what every single NFL fan, Texans fan or not, was watching this game saying, what? Yeah. You have a team that is, what were they, 1-10-1 coming into this game. And then you have another team that is... Like, legitimately, like, they will be in the playoffs. It's not, like, locked yet. But it's like, yeah, they're going to be a wild card team. They can still contend for the one seed. They could still be the one seed. I mean, the Eagles have to lose some, so it's not completely in your hands. But you are literally the second best team in the NFC. Mm -hmm. It sucks that the Eagles are in your division. I'm sorry. And then, I was watching the Browns game. And, you know, you got, like, the little, like, scores that um, pop up at the bottom there. <laughs> and, like, it pops up, and it was like, oh, it's, like, 10-7 Texans. And I was like, that's really weird that the Texans are ahead. And then a little bit later, it's like, Texans score. Like, 23-20 Texans. I'm like, and then there's, like, two minutes left. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. This game is, like, interesting. Mm -hmm. This game was supposed to be terrible. I started Cooper Rush in expectations that this game was going to get out of hand. I started thinking maybe Cooper Rush will come in because the Cowboys are getting killed. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> it could have happened. Like This was a really weird game. Um, I do not think that this is cause for concern. I don't. I think that this is one of those games where you walk in as the number two seed in the NFC you know, not quite because you're not like leading a division or anything, but you walk in there with a good record and knowing that you have a good team and you say, guys, we're playing a one ten and one Texans team. We're not going to lose. And then you just perform poorly because your mindset was in the wrong place. Yeah. I think I th this was a wake up call. Yeah, exactly. I think this is honestly good for the Cowboys because they still got the win. I mean, that's what matters is the win. Doesn't matter how you get it. You got the win, but it's almost like, a wake-up call to them, like you said, like, we can lose to anybody. I mean, we're not 
Right? Invincible. Anyone, yeah, exactly. Anyone can be anyone. Like, it doesn't matter if they have one win. It doesn't matter if we have nine wins. You know? Yeah. Like, anyone can be anyone any given week. You can't overlook an opponent. Not at all. But, yeah. but yeah, you can keep... What, what were you saying? Well, I mean, this is like the story of the Cowboys, though. I'm glad that they got it now in week 14 because the story of the Cowboys for the last 30 years at this point has been like they perform really well in the regular season. Postseason hits. That's it. They're out. Yeah. They lose because then they're in their own heads. They think they're a little bit better than they are. They lose. First round. Almost every year when they make the playoffs. So I'm glad that that happened week 14 and they can say, okay, now when they get to the playoffs, they're like, okay, we need to come into every game with the right mindset because... Personally, I still think they're going to choke playoff time. I think they could be a first round or second round exit. I just... They're, they're yeah, I mean, obviously... I, I'm not saying Every that, season, they're wrong, so yeah. dominant in the regular season, they get to the playoffs and they just forget how to play football. That happened last year, the year before. I don't see uh, anything different in the previous teams than this year's. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you. It's just normally they, you know, end up doing pretty well through the regular season, then lose. Don't disagree that it could happen again. Mm-hmm. All right. We got a question in the chat before we keep going. Um, Ryan Bowers asks, prediction on how long until Baker gets benched? What's up, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, what's up, Ryan? Friend of the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a great question. I don't think this season. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think he'll be the starter for the rest of the season because the Rams are already out of it. I mean, they're not making the playoffs. They don't even have their first-round picks, so there's like, why would you tank? Like, they're going right. to see what they have in Baker. I mean, obviously, he, aside from Matthew Stafford, he has he is the best quarterback on the roster, and he's young. So you can see what you have in Baker Mayfield because Matt Stafford's only going to play like two or three more seasons, and then he's probably going to retire. Yeah. yeah. And so, obviously, if you keep Baker just as a backup under Matthew Stafford, and then maybe when Stafford retires, if Baker plays good for the rest of the season, you're like, okay, when Stafford retires, we have our guy for however long however long Baker's in the league for. So, I mean, the worst that happens is you lose games, you go into next year with Matthew Stafford, or you win games, Baker's good, and you go into next year with Matthew Stafford, and you have a good backup. Yeah. like Right. I don't think he gets benched this year. I don't think that Baker has the mental capacity to be a backup. I think he has too much ego to be a backup. I think that he's going to end up being kind of this journeyman quarterback because not not because he's like a Ryan Fitzpatrick where he just like swindles teams into thinking that he's good, but well, he actually sucks. Ryan Fitzpatrick was he was a beast. No disrespect. Hey, come on. We all know that he's <laughs> he swindled teams into giving him large amounts of money, and then he sucked, and he'd get benched and cut, and then he'd go to another team, and he'd swindle them in the same thing. He was a used car salesman. Let's not sugarcoat this. But I think that Baker could be a journeyman quarterback solely because he has too much of an ego to be a backup. And when he doesn't have expectations and he comes into a new system, he does play very well. Like, we've seen this. So I think that for Baker's career, it would be best-case scenario if he stayed in L.A., I think that Matthew Stafford will probably start over him next year. It's in his his best interest to stay there for, what, two, three years until Matthew Stafford retires or gets too bad and, you know, cast to the wayside and he gets to start because the Rams obviously don't have picks or cap space. Yeah. But I don't think he will. Yeah, kind of like you said, the ego, he wants a lot of money, even though he doesn't deserve it. He's going to want a lot of money. And he's going to want to be a starter, like you said. And he is a free agent after the season. And there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of teams that are needing a quarterback. Obviously, the Colts, 
you know, the, like, there's a lot of teams. You could say the Jets if they don't stick with Mike White. I mean, a lot of these teams could be needing a quarterback, and he's going to, why would he want to stay on the Rams and be a backup, which we think he should do. He'd be better in that situation. He's going to go try to be that starter with, like, say, the Colts or something like that. So, yeah, I think his ego could prevent him from being a backup. But, but yeah, to answer your question, I don't think he's going to be benched this season. Yeah, not this year. All right, so Eagles, New York, obviously divisional game. Anything can happen, except when you're playing the Eagles. Because I think that for some reason, the Eagles are finally, and not for some reason, the Eagles are finally getting the respect they deserve as a 12-1 team. And early on in the season, I was like, no, the Eagles are the best team in football. The Eagles are fantastic. But for some reason, now... I'm saying I don't know if the Eagles are as good as they are. For all, I've always just thought the Chiefs are the best team in football or like the Bills, not the Eagles. I mean, I personally, the Eagles are obviously dominant. They're a great team, but I don't know if I considered them the best or even the second best team in the league. But after this week and the, couple, the last couple of weeks, I think that they are. I mean... The Giants are good defense, and they're what seven and five going into this seven five and one going into this game, and they put up forty eight points on a very good defense. They completely own this game. Yeah, I mean, my thing with the Eagles is the question that you proposed to me last week, like if Hurts gets hurt, what does this Eagles team look like? And to me, you're only as good as your backup quarterback. And the 49ers are proof of that. And I don't know if whoever the Eagles have as backup QB could come in and do what they're doing. Obviously, if they remain healthy and they have all the pieces, Super Bowl contenders, for sure. 12-1 and one, 12 and one is not anything to sneeze at. But I feel like if they lose one of those big pieces, Hurts especially, they're a shell of themselves. Well, yeah. For most teams, if you lose your starting quarterback, you're going to be a shell of yourself. It doesn't matter how good your backup is. Unless you're the Niners and you just got quarterbacks to just throw around, you know. Yeah, but, quarterbacks galore. Who wants a quarterback? Go to the Niners. But <laughs> he's the they're the Caden Summers of the NFL. <laughs> but yeah, I mean the Eagles. Their the receivers are insane. Their running game is insane. Yeah. Their defense is incredible. I mean they had 253 team rushing yards. It's really good. It's very good. That's very good. And they also threw like normally when you do that, you're expecting maybe 100 yards from your quarterback. They threw for 217 yards. Miles Sanders had 144 rushing yards. Oh, so you're telling me they had over 100 rushing yards that wasn't even their number one running back? So that's a combined of Jalen Hurts and their other running backs? I mean, yeah. just, and it, don't get me it started on A.J. Brown. Yeah. Devontae Smith. Yeah, they're all, it's a very good, very complete team if they can all stay healthy. And I hope they do. I hope they can make a deep playoff run, if not win the Super Bowl. I mean, look, the Eagles haven't been good since they won the Super Bowl in 2017. So, I mean, I wouldn't hate to see them win it again. Uh, the Giants in this game attempted to do the Lions strategy where they tried to come out swinging. They tried to come out with these you know, fake punts, big plays, whatever. It just didn't work for them. Fake punt. They dropped fake the punt, punt on yeah. the ground, and like it was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, under Giants, I wrote overrated. Because- the Giants' defense is ranked 14. So, I mean, that just goes to show again, like what you were yeah. saying with the Eagles. You're just over to come, scoring overcome so many that. points now. Yeah. yeah. But under the Giants, I were overrated. I mean, they started off incredible. 
But we both said, I don't know how they're beating these teams. I mean, right. they're barely winning. They're not doing anything spectacular. They're just winning the games. And now, I think in their last six games, they're like one and five or one and six in their last seven or something like that. They don't look good. I mean, Saquon was unstoppable in the beginning of the season. He's still great. Hasn't been hurt or anything, but... I mean, he had to have a yeah. neck injury. So yeah, now, yeah. I mean, he didn't play this game. No, was, yeah, he did. He did, but it was very limited. Yeah. And I, I don't think it made a difference. Going, if you're going against the Eagles and you're coming in there saying Saquon's limited, you lost the game. Yeah, I don't think it would have made a difference because the Eagles' defense yeah. is too good, plus their offense. But maybe... I don't, I don't think the Giants are a playoff team. It'll be interesting to see because they obviously do stand a very good chance of being at least the last seed of the wildcard teams. So they very well could make the playoffs, but there's four weeks of football left. And if they manage to lose a couple of those games, they could be out of it. Mm-hmm. I think in the wildcard race, I think the Seahawks or the Lions could pass the Giants. I, I don't see them winning. I agree. More than one more game the rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles... With this win today, like officially locked up playoff spot. Not the division. Not the, the division, Cowboys. just a playoff spot. So no matter what happens at this point, the Eagles will be in the postseason. Uh, they obviously have to win a couple more games to lock up the um, division. And I think they have the tiebreaker on the Cowboys, obviously. So um, Eagles will probably end up locking the division, but good job locking the playoffs, mm-hmm. being the first team to do so. This is another... Okay, this entire week of football was like Odd. weird because I'd keep checking on the games and I'd keep checking on the scores. I didn't get to watch as many games as I would have liked to, but like every time that I checked on them, I'm like, okay, this is really weird because a lot of teams that I didn't think were going to win are end up winning these games. This, so this is um, Jaguars at Titans, which is a big deal that I emphasize the at because the... Jaguars won 36 to 22. This is the Jaguars' first time winning in Tennessee since 2013. And they play there every single season. And they play there twice a year. No, once. Twice. They're, uh, yeah, once a year. Yeah. They play the Titans <laughs> twice a year. So they play there once a year. So they've had 10 tries to do this. And this is the first time they've done it in a decade. I mean, yeah. it's. I don't know what to make of this Jaguars team. I mean, two weeks ago, we were saying. Trevor Lawrence, this was his breakout game. You know, he's not a bust. This is what we all thought Trevor Lawrence was going to be. And then last week got killed by the Lions. Now the Lions look very good. Mm-hmm. But we're like, man, maybe... So now that loss doesn't look yeah. that bad. And then we're like, man, maybe Trevor Lawrence, maybe that was a fluke game. And then they go and they do this to the Titans, who are a little bit on the downside right now, but are still a good team. I don't know what to make of this team. I mean, Evan Ingram, tight end for the Jaguars. Not very good tight end. I mean, he's just a dude, you know? 162 yards and two touchdowns. Congratulations to whoever started him in fantasy. Yeah, I was playing against him. Oh, I'm in sorry, my miraculous bro. somehow thing. Miraculous squeaking. Yeah, but yeah, he played incredible. I mean, Trevor Lawrence also had 300 yards. 368. Yep. He looks... He... It's kind of hot and cold with him. I mean, he's either like incredible or... Abysmal. Worst. Yeah. Yeah, he needs to figure that out because if he can play like this every week or at least somewhat close to this level, 75% of this level, you, you'll win football games. I think that they win that division if he plays like that because the Titans are winning that division by a landslide, but it's like the Titans aren't even... Like, that's a very sad division as well. Yeah. 
the AFC South and the NFC South are both very, very weak divisions right very now. Very sad teams. Yeah. Uh, but Derrick Henry. Yeah, I, that's what I was about yeah, to say. This is an incredible, incredible stat line. Derrick Henry, in the first half of football, 118 yards. In the first quarter, he had over 75. Yeah. So I'm sitting there thinking, like, dude, Derrick Henry is going to single-handedly win this game for the Titans. Like, he was on pace for, like, over 300. Over 300 yards rushing? Ridiculous. 300 yards passing is, like, good job to whoever your quarterback is. He was finding the receivers. 300 yards rushing is unheard of. I mean, he's done it before, but it's ridiculous. And then he proceeded to have three yards rushing in the second half. What happened? I mean, I don't know if it was just the uh, the Titans were getting away from giving it to Derrick Henry because they were losing, but I don't know why you would do that because he's your best player. I don't care if you're losing. You're going to get back into the game by doing what you do to get your best player the ball. If, yeah. If the, I mean, I know it's a different situation, uh, I guess. Like Norm, I was going to say, if the Vikings are losing a game, you're going to stop giving the ball to Jefferson, but I guess it's different because he's a receiver and you need to throw to win. Right. But... I don't, I mean, I keep giving it to him. I don't care if you're losing. Yeah, I don't either. Doesn't make sense. Is this the next game on yeah. the, okay. Next game on the agenda is Chiefs-Broncos. And this game was very interesting. The crowd in Denver <laughs> was hot and cold this game. Mm-hmm. So, game started like any other Broncos game this season. <laughs> Russell Wilson comes out of the tunnel, your $300 million quarterback, and what does the crowd do? They start booing him. Boo. Russell Wilson sucks. No one likes him. Your he family's does. the worst. Because he does. You can't throw touchdowns. There's more bathrooms than touchdowns. <laughs> they hate him. So, the Chiefs, you know, Broncos country, let's ride. No, the Chiefs rode that momentum into a 27 nothing lead incredible like first quarter and three-fourths yeah and then the broncos were like huh how much did we pay him again 300 million uh-huh maybe we should start playing football mm-hmm. okay so then now that, now that we're out of the playoffs now that we can't make the playoffs <laughs> let's go ahead and start winning games guys this is what they're playing all along they want a better pick um so they you know score they have a you know, scoring drive at the end of the half. Jerry Judy scores. Jerry Judy scores. Good job. Okay. Then they get the ball and they just keep scoring. And Jerry they, Judy scores again. Jerry Judy Jerry scores, scores again. again. Hit three touchdowns. He did. Two of them from Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson then got another one, which puts him at 11. 11 touchdowns on the year. Russell Wilson. Still less than his bathrooms, but there's <laughs> four weeks left. So there's a very good chance hey, that unfortunately. Might not be playing. It's true. He did get a concussion towards the end of this game. So, I mean, he's out for, obviously, the end of that game. Potentially this week, but probably not. Concussions don't generally last that long. Um, but the Chiefs ended up squeaking out a win. You would never have expected us to say that against the Broncos. No. no. I mean, I'm pretty sure on Saturday we said this is going to be a landslide game. We Oh, 100%. Maybe this was Russell Wilson's breakout game. Personally, I don't think so. But... I think if Russell Wilson stayed in that game, Broncos would have won. They had yeah. so much momentum. Russell Wilson was playing at a level that we haven't seen all season. Like, not even close. He was playing incredible. And he gets hurt. And it was a bad end. Like, he got hit hard. And he was down. It was like, 
you know, like he was stumbling and everything. Yeah. But that killed the momentum. I think if he stays in, they win that game. But personally, I was sweating a little bit because jokingly, we were after the one o'clock games, we were texting with Harold, who was on last Friday and or Saturday. Yeah. And uh, he, he was like, man, with all these weird games so far, maybe I should have uh, like rode with Russ or whatever. Obviously, meaning he should have picked the Broncos. And I was like, oh, funny. Like over the Chiefs, and I was like, if the Broncos win, I will literally wear a Broncos jersey to school. I wasn't gonna do it because I I, I texted because our friend's a Broncos fan, and so someone screenshotted the one that you it. ended up pushing out yeah, of the playoffs yeah, yeah. with your win. This yeah. is a great weekend for you. <laughs> um, he, uh, he's having the exact opposite weekend. His team barely lost. He's out of the playoffs. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Sue Ellen screenshotted that text and sent it to him, and was like, "Oh, you better be rooting for the Broncos double now." And he goes, "Oh." And then halfway through the game, he goes, Caden, you're sweating. And I was like, whoa. I, I said before the game, like, JK, you know, like, because I was getting nervous. Like, they were looking really good. But I think Mahomes almost played himself out of MVP conversation. Three interceptions. Yep. And Jalen Hurts took another step up. It's kind of looking right now like Jalen Hurts' uh, award to lose. It does, yeah. I mean, Jalen Hurts played well. Like you said, Patrick Mahomes probably played himself out of that conversation with three interceptions on the day. Like, that's really bad. I mean, I don't, it doesn't matter. You look at the stat line and it's like, oh, three interceptions. I mean, it doesn't matter. You, you lose that game. I mean, they didn't because Patrick Mahomes is still very good. Yeah. I, I, if you didn't see, Patrick Mahomes had a play where he was literally, he was rolling to the right and he has this dude. He's like a tri- triple string, third string running back, like Jarek McKinnon or whatever, running. And yeah, I was playing against McKinnon, so I was a little mad about this. But it's okay, I made it. Um, <laughs> so he's rolling to the right, and McKinnon's running up the field. And Mahomes, it's just looking like he's going to throw it away or take a sack, you know. And he just literally just, like, not even looking at McKinnon. He just, like, tosses it, like, underhand sidearm, not even looking at the dude. It, the ball was spinning like like a, a second grader just threw it. It was a duck. It was just like, the most pathetic thing you'll ever see. Right to McKinnon, 60-yard touchdown. <laughs> like, how, how does he do that? I mean, you can look and you can be like, dude, how come other quarterbacks don't do that? But, like, if other quarterbacks tried that, that would 100% not work. No. Like, Patrick Mahomes, I've said it before. I don't know the exact phraseology I used. Phraseology. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know the exact phraseology I used. It was something to the effect of, like, Patrick Mahomes has, like, some powers, some, like, witch powers. Yeah, there was something that had to do with magic and like he's dating a witch or something to that effect because literally this dude, it, it's ridiculous what he's able to pull off. It doesn't matter the situation. There is at no point in any play, in any game, in any drive when I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I think that this is completely falled apart for the Chiefs and they're going to lose this game, lose this play, lose this drive. I never think that. Yeah. Every time I'm like, yeah, Patrick Mahomes would probably do something. Well, yeah, and every other team, like every other quarterback in history, if any other quarterback does any throw close to that, they're like, whoa, what are you doing? Like, you want to throw it the normal, like, just like, you know, if you're not watching YouTube, I'm doing the normal throwing motion. But, like, <laughs> that's how you throw a football, you know? And then, like, now everyone's trying to get the Mahomes. Like, Zach Wilson, not a great quarterback in college. I mean, he went to BYU. He did great there. But he was drafted so high because he would make some – no look throws and some sidearm throws, and you're like, dude, this guy's gonna be like Mahomes. Obviously, that didn't work out because no one is like Mahomes. So it's like yeah. everyone's trying to get this guy who makes these unworldly throws. Yeah. What I love about the Chiefs, more, I mean, 
I don't love anything more than Mahomes about the Chiefs. But right underneath that would be Andy Reid. This dude is an he's an older guy, okay? And generally when you get older head coaches, and he had been a head coach for like ever. Mm-hmm. He was with the Eagles for He was a long with the time. Eagles forever. I mean, and he's a good head coach too. But he is so not stuck in like this is how the NFL yeah. has to be and this is how you play football. He is like, "No, we're going to come we're going to come up with fun plays. We're going to have fun with it. We're going to do these weird plays and we're going to let Mahomes do what Mahomes does and it's going to be so much fun." Yeah, he's, it's it's awesome. And he's so much fun. He doesn't have to be this young head coach that's like, "I need to make a name for myself." So I'm going to no. He's a great head coach and it's a great team. Yeah, one more thing about this. I said the other week to my dad, I was like, "I wonder what it'd be like as a Chiefs fan like going into every week because like me and you, we never we haven't picked the Chiefs to lose a single game except for maybe the Bills. I don't know. I don't remember. Like, how would it honestly feel as a Chiefs fan going into every Sunday being like, Yeah, like I'm not nervous at all. Like until you hit to the playoffs, it's like, what like you There's know? no point in watching. Like, you're gonna well, win. Yeah, of course you're gonna watch, but like you know you're gonna win. Like, no fear. It's like I'd love if you that. win, awesome. I expected that. You know, like it's so weird to me. You know? Hey, like, that's Tam- gonna be the Browns next year. I'm telling you right if now. If they're at the Chiefs level next year, I will be happy for you guys. I'd be so happy. All right, Caden, your game to talk about. Have fun with it. I'll sit back and drink my mystery drink. Now, I'm, this is a quick, um, your mystery drink. Is that what you said? Uh-huh. <laughs> that was funny. Um, I can't think of our interim coach's name all of a sudden. Wilkes. Yeah, thank you. Oh my goodness! I know more about. The I know. I've been watching so much Steve Wilkes. Looking yeah, at so much Steve Wilkes stuff today. Don't even. This is the appreciation comment for Steve Wilkes. He's completely inherited this team. They just lost their best player. They traded him away. You know, this team was in shambles. They were looking poised for a top pick. He completely came in, and he's got this team fighting for a playoff spot. Granted, the NFC South is very bad this season. But with a Matt Rule-led team, this team is first or second pick locked in right now. Matt Rule never won an away game in his entire tenure with the Panthers. Seattle might be the hardest place to play in the NFL. And Steve Wilkes just went and beat a very good Seahawks team. We ran the ball for 223 rushing yards. What did we say going into the game? If we're going to win, we're going to run, run, run. And it wasn't just Foreman. Chuba Hubbard, great game. He was the best running back for us. Our rookie running back, who nobody knows, I don't even know going into this game, Rashim, Raheem, I don't know, Blackshear, like 60 yards and a touchdown. Our defense completely shut down Geno Smith, two interceptions. Sam Darnold isn't playing incredible, but he's not doing, I mean, he's, he's doing enough to win us the game. We might not go far in the playoffs. We might get spanked in the first round or the second round if we miraculously win. But just seeing this team winning football games again, it is so much fun and so exciting. You know, Panthers have not scored, I think, more than 10 points in a single quarter all season. First quarter at the, of this game, 10 nothing at the end of the quarter. Panthers scored in the first like 10 seconds of the second quarter. I was like, what is going on? I mean, it, Steve Wilkes. Give him the head coach job for next year right now. Yeah, I mean, if he manages to take you guys to the postseason, I think honestly, now, if, I think if he wins like one more game, two more games, even now, he might even be locks. One hundred percent for head he, coaching job. I 
there is something that he said that might get him in some trouble because in the press game or post game, whatever you call it, he was being interviewed and they were like, he was emotional about the game. He's like, I'm so happy for our guys. Like, this is emotional after everything they've been through. And this is not, and I quote, but like, this is pretty much what he said. He's like, with the players leaving, with their coach getting fired, with the organization trying to tank it, he just called, he called out the Panthers for trying to tank. I mean, I'm sure the owner is gonna love that. Yeah, the announcing that they were trying to that. tank, but he came but in it was, and it was he obvious said, to everyone. He though. came in and said, "Screw your tank! I'm gonna try to get this coach this position next year." There's good players on this roster. The NFC South is garbage. We have an elite defense, a great run game. Why not try to make the playoffs and just and establish a winning culture? And he did. It's making it's exciting. Panthers fans, the last home game. There were so many Panthers fans in the stands. There had never been that many Panthers fans in the stands for years. It's exciting. They're saying that they're expecting insane amount of Panthers fans at the game this Sunday because we have a chance to go for the NFC South lead. I mean, it is almost like Carolina now could be a free agent destination where people are like, man, like I want to go play for this guy. The players are buying into him. He's completely changed. The Panthers have 360 with Steve Wills. I yeah. love it. It's exciting. Good job, Panthers. Seahawks, you got to get it together if you want any chance at making the playoffs. It's okay, Seahawks. You're still a great team. You just ran into the unstoppable uh, let's force. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> let's click the slide over yeah. before Caden gets too into it. <laughs> all right, speaking of getting too into it, uh, I am completely sold. I am all in. 100% in on Brock Purdy. I'm all in. San Francisco, Buccaneers. I all in last week. I was like, you know, maybe it was just a fluke. I mean, come on, third string quarterback, seventh round pick, last pick in the draft, last pick in the draft. Come on, no. San Francisco has a thing for finding the quarterbacks that they need and that they like want to win these games. I was surprised when Baker Mayfield um, requested, you know, for the Panthers to release him. And, you know, very clearly, I think, looking to get on the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, we all thought that goes... Yeah. Check out our reel on K underscore football. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Shanahan came out, and he was like, I'd be very surprised if we picked up Baker. And you're like, why would you be surprised about that? You don't have a quarterback. You don't. You have Mr. Irrelevant. That's not a quarterback, okay? That's a placeholder because you need to fill the 52-man roster, and you only have 51 guys, Okay. I see why. Okay. Like, this is ridiculous, man. Like, they won 35 to 7 against Tom Brady. I mean, that they knew what they had. Yes. Before he played? I think so. I mean, I think that's that's the only reason I think. Why would you draft Brock Purdy if you didn't? I mean, they didn't need a quarterback. There's no need to draft him at the very. I mean, why? I mean, you had right. Trey Lance. Yeah, you had Trey you Lance. You had Jimmy Garoppolo as a backup. You obviously don't expect either of them to get injured, but you have a very good backup in Jimmy Garoppolo in case he does get injured. And why would you use the last pick on a quarterback when you have two quarterbacks if you don't see something in that guy? And clearly yeah. they did, and clearly it's working out. Personally, I mean, obviously I'm very high on Brock Purdy right now. He's playing great, just beat the Bucks, Huge for the whole NFC South. But I think any quarterback could perform wonders on that 49ers team they have the most quarterback friendly system i've ever seen one of the best o-lines 
literally Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brendan Ayuk. Great defense. Like yeah. I, I legit think any of us in this room could go <laughs> and we could I don't know if we'd score thirty five points, <laughs> but I think we could do enough to put up some form of points with the 49ers. I mean, they're they're very quarterback friendly. But for sure. But that is, you know, remiss then to say, like, obviously it's a quarterback friendly system because you were working with Jimmy G and that's who you had built this team around. You'd build it around a quarterback who isn't fantastic, realistically speaking. He's a facilitator. He's a game manager. And that's what you built this culture around. And that's what Shanahan wants. Um, But you'd think that if you're starting Mr. Irrelevant, that you would bring it down a little bit. You'd be like, okay, we're going to attempt some shorter passes. We're not going to make you run anywhere. The only running that will be happening will be through Christian McCaffrey, who is standing right behind you. And if we're passing, Christian McCaffrey will be blocking for you. And George Kittle will be blocking for you. And our fantastic offensive line will be blocking for you. Instead, they're like, okay, um, yeah, let's throw it deep. And Brock Purdy's like, okay. And then he hits it. And it looks fantastic. And then they're like, okay, um, if the play breaks down, I guess run. And he's like, <laughs> okay. And so he runs. And he gets first downs and he initiates contact. And he looks good. Can you imagine... If the Niners go win the Super Bowl this year with Brock Purdy. The fact, here's what shocks me. The fact that your Super Bowl, not pick, but your NFC pick to make the Super Bowl, the 49ers have a chance. With the third string with quarterback? With the third string guy, with Trey Lance getting hurt like week two, Jimmy G going down last week, Brock Purdy in his first start winning 35-7. to Against the GOAT? Something like, and... I saw today as well that the Niners defensive coordinator is being looked at by a lot of teams to be a head coach for next year. Okay? That will be three head coaches in three years that the Shanahan system has produced. The Shanahan tree is going to be ridiculous. Yeah, and it's not like years. it's not like some trees where it's like they go and then they just fizzle out and they go back. Like Mike McDaniel for the Dolphins, mm-hmm. great there. Obviously Shanahan's great. Who else was it? You know? I don't remember. I mean, the other yeah, one was. I mean, they're it's a great. Niners are a great organization right now. I mean, I think the one of the storylines of this game that was Debo Samuel. Yeah, he, he did got get hurt. hurt very bad. He was like screaming. He was crying. Get carted off the field. But they said today he avoided a major injury. It was just an ankle, like a high ankle sprain or something yeah. like that. So he should be back come playoff time or whatever. But Niners look good. They do look very good. And Brady didn't. I mean, he didn't play fantastic. He went 34 for 55, one touchdown and two interceptions. Not that any of that would have changed the trajectory of this game, losing 35 to 7. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Well, a funny little story about this game. The uh, Brock Purdy's family, obviously, they don't. I don't think they live in San Francisco or California or anything. So they don't go to all the games. I mean, why would you mm-hmm. spend all that money if your son's a third stringer, you know? Right. But... Earlier in the season, they made plans for this game to go watch Tom Brady. Like, no. way before Brock Purdy was a starter. Like, no. way in the beginning of the season. And then, all this happens, and now Brock Purdy is starting his first game in this game. And ironically, that's the game that they were going to. And Brock Purdy completely lit it up like this. And it showed Brock Purdy's dad in the stands. And he was, like, crying because he was so just... His son, compl- 
just torched the Bucks. And Bucks are a good defense. Yeah, I picked up, I picked up the Bucks defense for one of my fantasy teams because I was like, while I do think the Niners are good, I think the Bucks defense will do a well enough job disguising what they're doing to confuse Brock Purdy and maybe give me a couple good points. No, he plays on Brock Purdy plays on prime time Thursday night football this week. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun. Should be fun. All right, last game, Sunday night game, uh, Dolphins Chargers. You both picked the Dolphins. Both proven wrong. I was I was quote unquote proven wrong. I mean I picked the Dolphins because because you thought they were the better team. You no. thought that they would win this game. I, okay, why else fine, would you pick fine, them? Fine, I picked Say the Dolphins. It. I didn't pick the Dolphins. Yeah, but I'm so did. happy that the Chargers won this game. <laughs> Harold Mansfield, boom! <laughs> I was so happy. Herbert, I think. Shut up the haters. No. At least. <laughs> no. Dude. No. Herbert played incredible. No. He was hitting Mike Williams, who was finally back. They played great. No. They did play great. I don't think that he silenced any haters. Uh, he silenced. There was a ESPN analyst, Emmanuel Acho. Did mm-hmm. you hear about all this, all this yeah. stuff? All week, he was completely crapping on just Herbert, even more than Harold has been. And he was Wait, like, was he the guy that was talking about uh, Herbert as a social media yes, quarterback? Yes, yeah. He said, he said Justin Herbert is a social media quarterback. <laughs> okay, that was, that was the, one of the worst takes in yeah, football. He said, he said he's a social media quarterback and Tua is miles better and he's going to show it on Sunday night. Well, Tua played awful in this game. 17 points is a miracle that they scored that. And one of them was because of a fumble that returned 60 yards by Tyreek Hill. Yeah. And... Well, the guy said that he was on Twitter, and yeah. if you look it up, yeah. he's not on Twitter. Yeah. He, he like, hates the media. Yeah, I don't think and he's he said even he's on TikTok. TikTok. Like, yeah, uh, it's, it's the stupidest thing I've weird. ever seen. But, yeah. Herbert Do you research like the Cannon Football Podcast, man? Oh, exactly. Emmanuel Acho? Don't, don't even talk. We, we're coming for your how job. Are you, how are you on ESVN? <laughs> we're coming for your job. <laughs> but, yeah. The Dolphins played terrible in this game. They, um... Their offense was pathetic, aside from a Tyreek Hill 60-yard touchdown catch because he's fast, and a Tyreek Hill 60-yard fumble recovery touchdown because he's fast, and that was it. And then he left with an injury, and that killed any chances. A very unfortunate, I guess, concerning, I guess, for the Dolphins. They lost last week to the Niners, so that's one loss in a row. Now they lost to the Chargers. So that's two in a row. In a very, very competitive AFC East. And now you're going into this next game against the Bills, who you're not going to be favored against. In Buffalo. In Buffalo. And Dolphins, obviously, from Florida, used to playing in Miami. Hot weather. It was 55 degrees on the sideline in this game. 55. Not very cold at all. The Dolphins had to have their own heaters on the (laughs) sideline because they were so cold. Oh, my. 55 degrees, and they had to bring their own heaters. They play in Buffalo this week, and they're saying there might they're be going to freeze. They're saying there might be seven inches of snow. <laughs> that is not ideal for the Dolphins at all. If that happens, if the weather holds up and there's seven inches, Dolphins might not score a point. They might not make it past the fifty. They are going to be completely. They're literally going to be on the sideline going like this. They're going to be shaking, frozen in those big oversized coats that happen in they the NFL. They are going to be in trouble. Learn. To deal with some cold. go practice in a cold state or something. Fifty-five degrees, and you need a heater. Yeah. When you're running around playing a football game. Yeah, they're kind of in trouble for next week. That's for sure. Um, look, good for the Chargers. 
Uh, Mike Williams, obviously, performed very well for them. Him being back is obviously a very big part of, you know, their offense. Very, I, I didn't start him in fantasy because I thought for sure he'd get hurt again. <laughs> I made the mistake one time of starting him, and then he left, like, two plays in with a hamstring injury. So there's a good thing that I, I mean, I didn't start him. Could have, though. Um, I think Justin Herbert still has some stuff to prove. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Top five. Little ambitious. Tua played like all the haters said that he'd be playing like this season, where he couldn't hit his receivers, and he just looked awful. Hopefully, he can turn that around because, I mean, the Dolphins are a decently fun team to watch, um, but they stand, you know, a pretty tough road here, and they really have to pick it up if they want to make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, these were this was the fifth pick in the draft and the sixth pick in the draft, and they're what twenty twenty one, I think. No, yeah. twenty. Yeah, whatever. 20, yeah, 21, I think. Maybe 20. Yeah, they were drafted the same year back to back. Can you imagine? I mean, obviously, it might not be the same situations. Oh, probably. Imagine if Herbert was on this Dolphins team. What do you think? I don't know. I think that if Herbert was on the Dolphins, um, with the weapons, I think that they're very similar teams if both healthy. I think that if put in the situation where where you have Waddle and Tyreek Hill, I think that he'd be performing better than he is on the Chargers. But I think that that's the case for anything because he hasn't had wide receivers all year. Yeah, that's I fair. think that if he had Keenan Allen and Mike Williams this year, he'd be performing better than he has been, I mean, which is just the case. Like If you have receivers that can get open yeah. and know what they're doing, it's going to be better for you. Um, it'd be an interesting experiment. Probably never going to see it, though. Um, but anyways, let's jump into, uh, what the picks are looking like. Cause, uh, yeah. oh, never mind. Well, this game, but we already talked about this one on Saturday. Yeah, I honestly like not looking forward to this one much. It's going to be pretty boring in my opinion. Probably. Patriots and Cardinals. Yeah. If you're not watching. So I got two more games than you right this week, which might not seem like a lot, but it was a big sigh of relief for me because I was just worried that you were going to get more than me because lately you have been gaining on me. Mm. And so not only did you just not get anything, but I got a lead. So I was like, a little bit of right, breathing like, room. take an exhale. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah. So you're up by 14 on me right now. Yes. Which, four weeks left, plus playoffs, there is still a legitimate chance. Yeah, obviously. And, I mean, I need to... Really step it up. I need to have another like 11, 11 correct week again if I want to really cut this down a little bit. But I'm at 107. You're at 121. Uh, we're now still both above 50%. You're creeping up on 60% accuracy rate, which is, I mean, it's bad, but it's not <laughs> as bad really, as it could be. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of excited. I'm getting excited here. I was nervous, and I'm still not in good position, but... It's better than it was last week at this time. Only by two weeks, but two games. I mean, we differed only on two games this week. Right, so you got both of those right. I, sh- I should have I picked differently, but past in the past. Yeah, I mean, like, that's what I mean. Like, we only differed on, like, there's not many weeks where we differ on five games. Right. So it's like... This week could have happened, though. There's a lot of upsets, a lot of the things that we didn't see coming. That's why we didn't pick them, because we didn't see them coming. Exactly right. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of the KNA Football Podcast. 
next week is going to be the week 15 episode, which is crazy and sad, but we have to do it anyway. So we'll see you guys on Saturday.